Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the DC Sports Brain Trust. Why are we doing this podcast? Well, we are bored, we're in quarantine, and we miss sports. My name is Varun. I will be your host and moderator for this podcast, joined by these wonderful analysts, Chris, Nick, and Rahul. What's up, guys? Hey. hey. So trying to get through the, getting through the quarantine, you know, right. at least uh, have something to talk about. We're all kind of bored, I think. So <laughs> Pretty much. To give you all some background, guys, this kind of stemmed from the fact that we pretty much talk every day about sports, um, and we are bored and want to, you know, put this in a podcast format. So before we get started, before we get started, I just, you know, want to know like what y'all been doing during the quarantine, like what y'all been watching on, on Netflix or whatever streaming service you like to use. Uh, the only thing I've watched this whole time in quarantine is Tiger King. Jeez. Did, did that bitch Carol Baskins do it? Yes. Also, I pretty much just talk sports all day with you guys. It's a very unhealthy outlet. Uh, it's a little bit obsessive, but yeah, we know you've been, you, 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 you texted us a stream yesterday in the group chat that we're going to get to pretty soon. Rahul, what about you? What are you watching on, on TV or what have you been doing to pass the time in quarantine? So I've been watching on Netflix, the show called kingdom, uh, which was pretty good. Uh, sister started watching that too. And it's a pretty good show, Korean zombies, and like they're trying to like it's like kind of like going over Korean history, but they insert zombies into it, which is of course historically true. So they're not really inserting zombies into it. Um, but other than that, just going through the Netflix shows, talking about sports, just a lot of a lot of sports. It's really yeah. only talk about football right now. Well, football and baseball, a football because, and baseball. Since you two are the are the biggest Redskins fans that I know, DC football, the draft, that is the big thing on everyone's mind right now. In regards to football, the NFL draft is happening next week. Um, they're going to do it live via Microsoft Teams uh, since they can't do it in Las Vegas because of the quarantine and coronavirus. I but up to you right here. So when they were hyping up the NFL draft. It was said, oh, we're, it's going to be in Las Vegas. Yeah. The draft prospects are going to take little tiny boats to the podium, receive their jersey, and be announced that they're signing to this team. And now we're having it in Mr. Roger Goodell's basement. We have devolved from a whole spectacle that people would be able to see and go to Vegas for to Roger Goodell's basement. And that's Which- just extraordinary thank you coronavirus COVID 19. so this just confirms my theory that roger goodell created coronavirus to show everyone his basement that is my new theory going you think we're actually getting live streamed to roger goodell's basement exactly you know that 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 lake that they uh we're gonna do the draft from was uh that same lake that i don't remember uh if you remember i think it was either game six or game seven of the stanley cup playoffs or the championship in 2018. Mm-hmm. That was the same spot where they did that weird concert before game seven or game oh, five. Yeah, not games. I remember that. If you remember Panic that, it was so awkward because they were all just performing and like with no yeah. fans and it went on like forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bellagio Fountain 
at uh, yeah. and they had Panic at the Disco there. It was really yeah, weird. Yeah, Panic at the Disco, yeah. Yep. yep, so why don't we close the goddamn door on that and move into the draft. So, <laughs> who will the Redskins draft? Well, I think, first of all, it's kind of the worst-kept secret in the draft world, other than the Bengals going Joe Burrow. Uh, LSU QB is the Redskins drafting Chase Young. Now, there is uh, somewhat of an argument not to draft Chase Young in that the Redskins, ha- so has it, aren't a very <laughs> good football team. So they no. might need a Seriously? lot more pieces than Chase Young and Ed Rusher can provide. And there's been some speculation potentially trading down to five with Miami with them moving up to two, pick Tua. And there's also speculation about the Redskins just drafting Tua and then potentially trading away Haskins and building the team around the Alabama quarterback. Um, But it seems like both Ron uh, Del Rio, the Redskins head coach, and sorry, Ron Rivera, uh, I already fucked up on this podcast. <laughs> Ron Rivera, <laughs> the head coach, and Jack Del Rio um, really like Chase Young, and they've interviewed him along with Tua. Um, and I think they're really going to go for an edge rusher. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, don't forget Danny Boy was in that interview too. One yeah. interview. One oh, interview the owner was Legendary in, Redskins owner Daniel Young. Snyder. Yeah. Last year, he did. He interviewed uh, Dwayne Haskins at the combine. That was kind of kept on the down low until after the draft. That he was the only prospect that Dan Snyder interviewed. So it's probably that uh, mixed with a lot of other factors that make Chase Young the pick. So what about like other potential draft picks uh, further down in the draft? Like who do you all see as other pickups and like you know for? Further round, second, third. Well, well, let's get one thing straight. Dan Snyder always gets a bone. <laughs> what? <laughs> Cut it off right there. That's, that's, that's the end of the podcast. It's just Dan Snyder always gets a bone. That's all you got to say. Well, the Redskins do not have a second round pick. Uh, Ron Rivera has expressed wanting to get into the second round. Uh, but without a second round pick and really no tradable assets out of Trent Williams. Uh, and Ryan Kerrigan, is there a way to get us in the second round pick? So it's more of a case of who we're going to draft at the third round at pick 66. And it it feels like there's just going to be a lot of, if not all, tight end talent available at that pick, which the Redskins sorely need, uh, along with cornerbacks. um, And this is one of the best wide receiver classes the NFL has ever seen. So potentially a wide receiver as well. Nick, I want you to finish your thought. Why does Dan Snyder get a boner? I was going to say he always gets a boner for one guy in the draft, and that's always the guy the Redskins end up drafting. So so you know that Chase Young is his guy, just like Dwayne Haskins was his guy, just like Robert Griffin III was his guy. Um, but I feel like the big difference is, and I could be wrong here. Distinction. I could be wrong here. I feel like the differences with RG3, well, maybe not with RG3, but with at least Dwayne Haskins, what I saw was that, you know, he there were other more viable options in the draft, and they went with Haskins. Now, I could, now I could be way off there, um, no. but for me, it seems like Chase Young is like the undisputed best non-quarterback pick in the draft. 
He is. He is. Without a doubt, Chase Young is the best prospect in this draft. Um, you know, the, the Bengals are going to go with probably the third or fourth best prospect in the draft, but the best quarterback in the draft. And that's a no brainer because quarterback is where all the value is. You know, if you have a quarterback, you can succeed in the league. If you don't have that quarterback, you know, you, you can have a good team, but without the quarterback, you can't have a playoff run. You can't have any sort of success. Plus, of course, you all are the Broncos that were led by Von Miller having a defensive player of the year, MVP year, sorry, Cam Newton, um, and crushing on the competition and carrying the old Peyton Manning up the hill into another Super Bowl championship. So maybe Chase can do that, but we're really doubting that there's just a lot less defensive talent on this team to surround Chase the Titans were close with Ryan Tannehill this past year too. Um, they were a game away, and frankly, not, I thought they were going to go to the Super Bowl. Um, you don't need to have the best quarterback, but you need to have somebody in the top half of the league um, at, at bare minimum. And, and Tannehill played like that this past year. Um, it, you know, Haskins he showed a lot of promise in his first year. Uh, we didn't get a good enough palette to really know for sure what he's going to be in the NFL but we saw a lot of promise in the last few games we saw some improvement overall um, and I like Haskins I think he I think he was a really good prospect coming out of the draft last year I really didn't have an issue with them taking Haskins where they did because they had a cute need uh, and Haskins was a guy with a lot of talent yes he's raw uh, didn't have the experience and obviously needs a lot more playing time. Uh, but but I like where they took him. Um, it, it's just Dan Snyder wanting you is the kiss of death. It really is. So I, I think he's got that going against him. But other than that, you know, the, he's got some promise. So, Do so you all, far, oh, sorry, Nick, sorry. didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no finish your thought. I was going to say, I think personally um, – Chase Young is the best prospect in this draft. The Redskins have holes all over the place. Uh, so I'm in favor of trading out in the number two pick, but I don't think there's going to be a trade available to actually justify the, the, the capital that we would need to get out of number two because Chase Young is the best player in the draft. So if you're going to trade out a number two, it, it has to be worth your while. Um, so and really the Dolphins are the only team that can provide that sort of capital. And they would have to be in love with a guy like Tua or Herbert to go up to number two. They'd have to jump a few teams that might want him. You know, the Lions might want a quarterback at number three. I don't think that's very likely, but the Lions, the Chargers, um, you know, those are really the two teams I can think of that that are within striking distance that might want a QB. So if the Dolphins get desperate, I'm, I'm in favor of trading down and really building a lot of draft capital so you can start addressing all, sort, all sorts of different places on the roster. But I don't think that's likely. So I think Chase Young's got to be the guy. I'm going to throw somewhat of a warm, not quite hot take here. But if Tua was completely healthy and had a clean bill of health, and had not gotten injured in his last year at Alabama, I would say it's a no-brainer for the Redskins to draft Tua at second overall. 
with the medicals um, and other things like that, um, it's a lot more risky, uh, and it would be better off drafting Chase Young. But if he he's one of the best quarterback prospects in the last few years, uh, and if he just was healthy, he would be a great pick to have. And we would have to see what we would do with Haskins, potentially do something like the Cardinals did with Rosen uh, in trading him at the bottom of the second round. It's definitely a fair thing to bring up. Um, I, I think without a doubt, uh, there are a lot of good quarterbacks in this draft and a lot of really interesting prospects. But I, I think Tua is the best pure pocket passer in the draft. Um, medicals aside, I think he showed inability – uh, to, to throw from the pocket in a way that translates to the NFL. Um, you know, Joe Burrow definitely showed that as well, but I think Tua was a little bit more accurate. Um, and there is definitely an argument to be made there. I think the medicals are just too much of a concern for me, and the Redskins have taken so many flyers on medical red flags uh, they love to get value on guys that have dropped due to medical reasons, and I think that's really burned them the last few years. Uh, so it, 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 it Allen, definitely. John Allen. John yes, Allen. sir, John Allen. Speaking yeah. <laughs> of John Allen, they are mentioning about players that are going to show up at the Redskins draft party. They already mentioned Dwayne Haskins would show up. Imagine if they had drafted either Justin Herbert or Tua with Haskins in attendance at the virtual party. That would, that would be, be super miserable. awkward. <laughs> yeah. We got, we got, we got, we, we, that drama. We got hype over <laughs> John Allen because all of us graduated with him yeah. uh, from the same high school, same draft class. But anyway, uh, yep. So another question I guess I have for you all is, you know, outside of, you know, how, who who can the Redskins, who can and will the Redskins draft? Like, how do you think the Redskins should approach the upcoming season if it even happens with uh, Ron Rivera at the helm? I think also, no matter who they draft, um, besides, you know, going for Chase Young, potentially getting a wide receiver, a cornerback prospect in the third round, um, they're not going to be a good team. And it is a very slow kind of a rebuild process. Um and they really need to approach the draft with the best player available approach um, and not make any risky trades that would um, get rid of any future picks that they might have. Like they did last year with trading up in the first round, giving us giving the Colts two second-round picks um, that they're now going to use and potentially for a quarterback. But those are that was really high value to give to the Colts. Well, we yeah. were the second-worst team in the league, so that – second round pick the future second round pick that we gave to the Colts last year to get sweat turned into the 34th overall pick. And, you know, that's, that's a really good player that we're missing out on. Don't get me wrong. I liked Montez sweat last year, and I still think he's going to be uh, a solid pass rusher for us. Um, so if he pans out, then, you know, then, then we can be happy about that. But for the time being, it, it doesn't look like the best move and it was a win now move. And that's essentially what the Redskins were all about for 10 years with Bruce Allen. It was but Nick, to argue on that um, as a four, three defensive end, um, there really aren't that high a level as prospect in this draft. This is a very weak edge class outside of Chase yep. Young and like Clevon Chase on and others in the first mm -hmm. round. 
you're not really going to get that kind of talent second round and after that. So maybe the second round or maybe the trade up for Montez Sweat was worth it, um, as we'll find out in this draft, because we did need another edge player with Ryan Kerrigan panning off. It's it's definitely a fair point. Um, you're not going to find elite edge rushers beyond the first round. It's very, very rare. Um, and Montez Sweat, combine freak, very productive in the SEC, you know, and he showed a lot of promises for here. He had seven sacks. Um, so if he has double digit sacks this year, you know, he's a solid guy and you don't find that outside the first round. And But if so he gets solid sacks outside because Chase Young is making him look good, has he really developed? We'll see. I mean, he had some. He had some pretty easy sacks last year where he wasn't really being blocked. But I remember Kerrigan having a lot of the same type of sacks as rookie year. You know, he wasn't blocked. He kind of built up his stats a little bit. But Kerrigan's since been a very, very consistent double-digit sack guy. So you never know. Takes yep, a few yeah. years for pass rushers to develop. Yeah, totally get that. Um, so what do you all expect for the Redskins in terms of record? standing like where do you where do you see them going into this next season well i think rahal touched on it it's not going to be a very good year um regardless of whether they draft chase young or they draft a quarterback or they traded down and really built up the roster you know if they traded down they could get a starting wide receiver and a tackle in the first round um you know and then they could probably pick up a second round pick and another starter but regardless of what they do in this draft they're not going to be a very good team the fact is they're coming off a 3 and 13 year um the whole culture is damn good quote <laughs> from Bruce it couldn't be further from the truth the best culture yeah. we are the, yeah. right. the stains it's off the wall pretty hard to have a good Bruce culture when you're dropping 13 games in a season yeah, yeah. The, the damn Agreed. good culture of overpaid 35 year old always injured players it, it's going to take time to build off of that and, and to really move on from that but I think what they've done so far this offseason screams rebuild and that's really what they've needed for a long time uh, they got rid of a lot of overpaid underperforming and frankly just old players <laughs> josh norman wow my throat wow <laughs> what if josh norman listens to this podcast he's hurt right now josh oh, norman will cry to his mommy like he's done since the beginning of his career even when he, back when he was with the panthers <laughs> but to um echo that sentiment um expressed by nick i think seven to nine is the ceiling of this team after this draft wow. we are ceiling, ceiling. Yeah. i think that's even a little bit much yeah, it, we're wins. just we're gonna have the foundation set by Ron Rivera, um, and it'll be evident um, which players shine through with good coaching. Yeah. Um, cough, cough, Muneski. You know what happened to Greg Muneski, by the way? He is now a quality assistant coach uh, over for college. And I understand like being able to be an assistant is a lot less stressful than being a defensive coordinator of an NFL franchise team, but it really does speak to the level of coaching that we had in Washington in that we weren't able to get really good defensive uh, minds to come to Washington while we've had offensive head coaches. And so Del Rio is a step in the right direction, and he'll really like to have Chase Young to mold and fit um, and be kind of the cornerstone of our pass rush 
with uh, Montez Sweat and Ryan Kerrigan. If we we're not able to trade him, um, being a pass rushing presence on our D line, and so um, also to add, we're since the Redskins aren't a great team, uh, we're always going to have to buy assets at an overpriced uh, contract level. And we tried to do that with Amari Cooper. We actually gave him a, we offered him a huge deal, but he decided to go back and stay with the Cowboys that matched our contract deal. I think we were um, giving him a little bit more per year, um, but with how taxes work in Virginia and the state tax, it kind of played into that. Yeah, he, he bolted. Do you think? Um, do you think? I, I heard a little bit that they were only trying to go after him just because uh, they wanted to drive up the price for the Cowboys. No, I don't think now. so. I think it was too serious of an offer. Um, and like just driving up the price for a rival when you're making a serious push just seems kind of strange. And Rivera did actually come up and say that yeah, they were pursuing. Amari uh, Cooper really heavily. They just weren't able to land him. So before we move on uh, from uh, the Redskins, I want to uh, talk very briefly about the Redskins draft party that they have coming up on uh, on Zoom, and they are going to going to have a big announcement, which was that Wale was hosting the draft. Party. <laughs> I love Wale. I love his music. He's a fantastic ambassador for DC culture, or like DC area culture. But also, why are the Redskins hyping up like a draft party? Like it's like the next coming of. Well, they always hype up the draft party um, every year, really. Like they were going before. It's like, hey, don't want to miss this. You get to hang out with your players while we announce picks. Very slow. But also, it's different now because it's going to be all online not necessarily in person you know you still have to reserve for it which is weird but i think <laughs> you want it, yeah for a virtual <laughs> yeah. meeting but you gotta, i think it's because rsvp to watch a live stream which is just ridiculous to me well, i think they're giving out prizes and stuff like that i mean still I that's a little like, bit of a reason but it's you just, can do that just on twitter to see what viewers you've got right you <laughs> can just like, on twitter it just it feels like the back living in like 2005 or some shit where you know live streaming wasn't really a thing yet <laughs> you know what we say redskins always forward thinking <laughs> yeah you just, you just you just you just have a whole like on a poster redskins always forward thinking it's like the uh what's that poster rosie rosie always forward thinking yeah. Okay. For, All for right. a team that always loves to tell the fans to go fuck themselves, I mean, this was this was a doozy. You know, you've got like a new new coach and a new person on Twitter. Yeah, they they recognize that over the last ten years that they've that, that they've just massively screwed over their fan base by giving them an awful product and by <laughs> acting like everything's great and dandy. And you know, like I to give them credit, they finally recognize that they've been doing it for so long that you know they got a new Twitter person and they've got Ron Rivera. He's doing a good job, thing. actually. Yeah, and and Kyle Smith, the new personnel guy, goes up to the combine and he says good things. And there's never been that kind of transparency in the last ten years. 
Uh, so it's actually refreshing to hear somebody talk football as a member of the Redskins, you know, and say, you know, the right things. Um, so when, when the Twitter account that's generally been doing good for the last month or so comes out and says, we have a big announcement, everybody's like, oh, great. You know, they're going to update the uniforms. They're, they've been stuck in the glory days past for the last 20 Gold years. Pants. They don't ever want to change anything. Yeah, the gold pants are just awful. But yeah, they don't want to change anything because, oh, we were so good in the 80s and, you know, we can't change anything. We have to keep everything the same because of our 65-year-old fan base that only remembers the, the glory days. Um, so we actually thought they were going to turn the page and they were going to modernize the uniforms. Everyone else is on Twitter talking about their new uniforms. So the Redskins accounts like we got a big announcement and everyone's like, yes, new uniforms. And it was like, Wally's hosting the draft, the virtual draft. Everyone's like, the fuck? I think really? it would have come as a little bit more of a surprise if you didn't know like Wale, like was a Redskins fan, stuff like that. But like this was just like, yeah, great. It's like not what the fans want, and and don't yeah. get me wrong, I like Wale. I think he's great. Um, yeah, I mean, I think people yeah. are gonna be have I'll fun with Wale, Wale. Wale. but yeah, you know, the they, it's, it's 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 just not like it. There was a lot of build up for you know something that's cool, but like that didn't need all the build up. Like I think they could have just said like, oh, you know, we're having him, and I think people would have felt a lot more positively about it but they had all this build up and you know they could have yeah they could have just released it without fanfare just been like hey we're having yeah. a that's it like nothing like yeah it was just disappointing mm-hmm. yeah they, they can't be building stuff up like that you know you've got a fan base that's just starving for a mm-hmm. team to finally start operating like the rest of the nfl that's a little more transparent that modernizes things and really tries to outreach to new fans and um, to to modern tactics. Uh, And and that's just something they haven't done for a long time. And people are really, really fed up. And I think, uh, yeah, you know, I think they didn't really consider that. Yeah. And also just like Dan Snyder as an owner, um, you know, you hear the stories, go through everything. He does want to win. Uh, 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 Mr. Snyder. Mr. Snyder. Mr. Snyder does want to win. It's just that when, and it, he feels like, because he's just such a fan of the team, that he has to be involved in the big decisions that really he should probably leave off to his coaches and scouts and GM that have had experience looking into this. Like That's the, that's the big thing with like, you know, hiring fans as GMs, owners, anything. Sometimes they get a little bit too in over their heads just because of their love for the team. Like, it's not just the Redskins. You can look across sports and see that. Um, I mean, some people are really good at juggling being a fan and being a businessman. But some people just, you know, aren't able to find that balance. But in terms of not being a fan, um, the Wizards, they really should have fired Grunfeld a lot earlier than 20 years keeping a mediocre product. Yeah. It's really weird to like, it's the same. It's with their caps and the wizards. And, you know, we all know the caps have been good for a pretty long, like 10, 15, much ever since they got a Ovechkin. Uh, They've been perennial contenders comparing that to like the wizards who, I mean, they got John wall, but you know, he went down and even when they had him, he wasn't a, he wasn't that much of a game changer. 
All right, moving on from the Redskins, uh, let's talk about another edition of DC football, the XFL. Vince McMahon's brainchild is bankrupt yet again, except not <laughs> except not for reasons in his control. So what do you think this means for, like, Cardale Jones, other DC Defender players? Like, where do you think they're going next? I think it's just going to be exactly like how the AAF folded, where, yeah. like, a few players are going to join the NFL. Um, but, like, a lot of players are just not going to have another option to go to. They might go to the, the CFL, but there really isn't another option for football in America that's not the NFL professional level. Yeah. Well, there was one case where P.J. Walker, who was probably the best quarterback in the XFL, he signed with the Panthers, uh, presumably to be their backup to Teddy Bridgewater for the near term. Um yeah, I agree. You know, you're going to have a few players that signed to the NFL um, as part of the 90-man rosters, and they're going to have a chance to try out and be part of the opening day 53 roster. But uh, the fact of the matter is that in the last two years, you've seen two alternative sports leagues, not direct competitors to the NFL, but spring football leagues who have both – folded you know halfway through the season now the xfl situation you got the disease that shall not be named that has a that has <laughs> why are you acting like coronavirus, coronavirus? <laughs> are you acting like it's voldemort man this this sports killing virus even if the uh XFL had made it through this entire year. There was questions already whether or not they'd come back next season. It's so hard to run these leagues without the support of the NFL. And I think, like, as long as the NFL was super closed off about having, like, a a minor league, I mean, none of these leagues are ever going to succeed beyond two, three seasons. I mean, you yeah, can I even think... look at the Arena Football League that had been around forever, and that even folded just because they weren't able to front the costs. Yeah, I think. I mean, I, I think eventually a farm league or like a minor league to mm-hmm. the NFL will be created. I honestly think the XFL was going to head in that direction. It's just you know bad timing with with coronavirus, but I mean that was their. That was what they wanted to do, and I think they kind of wanted to sign on with the NFL, but the NFL was like, hmm, no thanks. Which is yeah, probably is, better. Is it? Because, I mean, why? Why is it for the better? Because just of how they were run, they were losing a lot of money, and I don't think being right. able to support the AAF with practice squad players would have been able to get the AAF back to speed. Like, I think there were serious questions. Wait, are you, you, are you are you talking about the XFL? Like losing oh, no, a lot no, of money? Yeah, yeah. But the XFL oh, no, I, we, I was talking about the XFL. No, he, this is the same thing for the XFL. Like both of those leagues folded all because of well, XFL ma- mainly to say because of COVID. Um, but there were still questions of management at the highest level for both. I'm right, sure. That, that's what same. I mean. Like if they sign on with the NFL, I think those leagues are a lot more successful. Just because they have someone to, you know, give them a Kickstarter, um, and people understand that like this is an actual like NFL-sanctioned league, instead of just a random league that it has question marks around it. Plus, also, like, I mean, just look like, look across the board of sports. Every single other sport has like 
a bona fide minor league system other than, I mean, the NFL is the only, even the MLS has a minor league system pretty much. Agreed. But it's just the shelf life of a football player. Like just the amount of years they can play football so short. That is there really a benefit to having a minor league I mean, system in football? Most most minor league systems, even those guys, like you're not in the minor leagues forever. You're in the minor league. Most of them, some of them stay there forever, but for the most part, minor leaguers only between like in other sports, eighteen to twenty four, and football, I would imagine it would only be like twenty to twenty two, pretty much, like right out of college sort of thing. Yeah, I was gonna say if you're like. Ending up as 24 and you enter the draft, that's already kind of a red check mark for a red flag for you if you're coming up into the NFL as kind of an older prospect. Just kind of the wear and tear that you have. Um, so, yeah. just the thing. Because uh, how old was Brandon Whedon in the NFL draft? He was 24, right? When the Browns. Yeah, like 20, he was like 26. Yeah, even older. He was and older. then Don Thompson was pretty Wait, old. He was drafted at 26? Yeah, Whedon was a former minor leaguer, and then he decided to go back to school, play football. And so by the time he was drafted, he was 26. First round pick. I knew, I knew, I knew he was didn't a work out. player. I thought he was more like 23, 26. Okay. Yeah, he's. I think he's 26. Yeah, that is that is interesting. But also, like one more thing I wanted to bring up uh, before we move on was that, like, with you know the XFL and the AAF, you know, being losing money like you can't ex- like you can't expect a sports league to profit right off the bat right like a spe- like like there's gonna be a holding period like and this i think this goes for any business like you go into it knowing you're gonna lose money up front like you're not gonna make a profit overnight in both instances of the aaf and the xfl they had a tremendous amount of hype um for the first few games where people were like oh my god this is awesome it's another way to watch football when there is no football on and it just died down right after after people realized like this is not a great product that i want to keep watching i mean it's because people are expecting pretty much the same caliber of football and like you you can't you got to go into it pretty much thinking that you're about to see a college football game yeah it's not it's not nfl quality just yeah i mean the biggest way I remember who and Nick went to a a game, uh, a defender's game, like their second game, I think, um, when they were so yep. up and running. Um, and the biggest thing I could compare it to was like a FCS football game. So not even like the atmosphere and everything. Not even so. Not even an FBS game. Just to pivot off what you guys have said um, to kind of close it, I do think that. Uh, I do think there's an opportunity for a a developmental league or a spring league, but like you guys said, it's going to require the NFL to subsidize it early on. It it takes a good amount of money to, to stand up a league. Uh, So like Vince McMahon, he put up like a hundred million dollars worth of stock. Um, And I think the AAF, they had a couple hundred million dollars worth of investments but when you start bleeding money very quickly, uh, you know, that'll scare the investors off to the point where they're going to have to cease operations. And for a league like for a league of this scale to really ramp up, you're going to bleed money pretty quickly. But I think there's an opportunity for a league like that to become self-sufficient. It just will take time. 
and I don't know if yeah. anybody's willing to put in that risk to see money lost for a few years before you can start, you know, gaining before you start running at a surplus. Um, it's going to take a sub, it's going to take the NFL subsidizing kind of like the WNBA is subsidized by the NBA. Um, although that's like a more permanent thing. Um, it's going to take, you know, well, the NBA has got the D league. Yeah. Well, they've all, the they, D league and the G league for the NBA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they subsidize the women's league altogether because the women's league cannot run on its own. It actually loses money. Um, so the NBA has to subsidize it. But that's not a real good example. But I, I think the NFL would have to subsidize it on a part, you know, for the first like four or five years. Um, and they'd have to be willing to kind of lose money for the point of improving the product. And I don't know if they could be convinced that the product would be improved by a developmental league. Um, I think it would be, but. You know, they would have to be convinced of that and they'd have to be willing to lose some money for the first few years and see if the thing would actually become self-sufficient. Yeah, all good points. All right, moving on from D.C. football, let's talk about our reigning, defending, national, worldwide champions and <laughs> longest reigning champions in baseball. He won the Nationals. Who defeated... The Houston Asterix in seven yep. games to become world champions. Beautiful. What a, Beautiful. I love it. What a, what a fun, fun time watching them beat the shit. It was really fun at the time, but look back on it. A bunch of cheaters. Man, so satisfying. I was watching, uh, I was re-watching it pretty much all this week because they had it over on Masson. Um, yeah. And just re-experiencing that thrill of uh, with the Nats going down to the Dodgers, the Cardinals, and more. just seeing them finally make it to the mountaintop was just so cool. Yeah. The 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 most what was funny was we were all proven wrong very quickly early in the season when the when the Nats were. What nineteen and thirty-eight, I believe. And yeah, nineteen and thirty, nineteen and thirty-one on May twenty-fourth, aka my birthday. So you, you can you can thank me for the of course, of course, and at one making point, that turnaround. At least like twenty, thirty references to wanting to fire Davy Martinez. Constantly, <laughs> every day. Yo, Davy's done. He's whack. Shit. Like, yo. Yep. Maybe sauce, Stick like, a fork in him. I made mean, all the all four of us were calling for him to get fired. I'll be the first to admit it. I wanted him gone, gone so badly. When they get that, when they got swept, they got swept by the Mets right before May twenty fourth, and I was like, "Oh my god, get this guy out of here!" And that's with a pretty think... shit against a pretty shit Mets team too. I was like, "We we got to move on from Davy." People were calling for Mac. Max to get traded. Bro, like, I was not calling for Max traded. I was not calling for Max to get traded, but some people did yeah. want Max to get traded. They were like, we just got to start over. Uh, get rid of Max. Get rid of Steven. Keep get our young guys. Yeah. I, yeah, there was some There was some Tony. Get, let somebody rent Tony for the season. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a, a whole, you know, hangover essentially coming down from you know uh bryce harper and thinking oh we're not going to be a good team without him 
And obviously Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper going to Philly, what left a sour taste in I think everyone's mouths. And just a little, just a little bit. But we, but we needed. Hey, hey, hey! He brought DC a championship, though. I don't know if you all he saw did. that video. He, yes, he did. He did <laughs> championship. And who do we have as our as our new star? Straight from the Dominican Republic, Mr. Childish Bambino himself. Juan Soto, let's go, baby. He's in the uh, he's in the MLB show players tournament. This this he is. This I don't month. know if you saw the video on uh, the Nationals and MLB Twitter account, but he hit a dinger in MLB. The he show. hit a bomb, yeah, with himself. And the beautiful and the beautiful part of it the was Soto strap. Yep, it was absolutely. Um, but anyway, moving on to currently what's happening going on in the upcoming season is the MLB is working with public health experts to have a modified version of um, the MLB season. So, so that would require things like, for example, no crowds being the first thing. We would have social distancing with players in the stands rather than using the dugout. Um, they would play exclusively in uh, Arizona or uh, what was the second location? Florida. Either in Arizona or Florida. And, they would play uh, at their spring training facilities, essentially. Yep, and then they would it would be divided into two leagues, um, rather, or rather, it would be divided into two divisions rather than uh, the multiple divisions we have now. But yeah, what do y'all think about this? Y'all want there's baseball? a couple of different there, there's a couple of different suggestions as well. There's some that like are keep the uh, six different divisions. There, there's a lot going. People are throwing around. There, I mean, it's pretty much all speculation at this point. Like nothing's really set in stone. Um, there's talk about like restructuring divisions so it's closer um, to their Florida facility or their Arizona facility. Like uh, you know, the, uh, we all know the Nats are in the NL and the Astros are in the AL. But since they share a facility down there in Florida, there's talk about them uh, being in the same division. There's some of that. There's there's a lot of ideas that are bouncing around as of as of right now. Yeah, I mean, what do y'all think about this? Do y'all want baseball back in this capacity? Like, are you cool with no crowds, um, this sort of modified, shortened schedule? Um, I personally am a big fan of the modified, shortened schedule. 162 games is a lot. Um, Plus, with the inclusion of a shortened season, you have uh, every game matters more, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and uh you know it does the season doesn't feel as long because i mean obviously baseball is awesome but like it's such a long season yeah i mean at this point like we're definitely like if we have a season we're definitely gonna see a a shortened season that's not really the question at this point like if they didn't we'd be playing baseball in mid-november yeah right (laughs) which and that's if they started like next week which we all know that's not going to happen unfortunately but um I don't know. Like, I honestly don't really know what to think about this whole situation yet. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to put my head in the mind of a player and like being away from your family for that long just seems so, so difficult. And I, I don't know if I could do that myself. I don't know if you all saw the on MLB's uh, or was an article that came out today on um, the best player in baseball. Mike Trout was doing an interview and he was. <laughs> saying that uh you know it's there's a lot of red flags associated with this because 
um for once like you just said chris like families like not being apart from your families and mike trout is he's his wife is pregnant is about to deliver a baby so he wants to obviously be there to you know see the birth of his child and that the schedule might complicate things but i mean putting yourself into the mind of a player is a is i think difficult to do just because i think every player's priorities are different but the general assumption is a lot of players do have families that they want to consider and you know even if they put this really safe regulate regulated season into play there's always the chance someone could test positive there's always the chance you know players can get exposed to it and then if they get exposed they have to quarantine themselves be away from their families be away from their significant others and ultimately it's just it's not going to be fun for anyone i mean look at daniel daniel hudson he went home um to be with his family during the playoffs i mean asking daniel hudson to go away from his family for four months at a time just seems way too difficult especially for a guy like that, that decided not to play in the playoffs, asking him to play in the regular season just seems way too out there, way too far-fetched. Yeah. I mean, I mean for, Brian Zimmerman himself has two young girls, so. Yeah. The whole thing, uh, this whole thing sucks for everyone, but I would say that uh, these guys are under contract, and I'm assuming they're making their salary regardless of what's going on. Um, so, I I'm kind of in favor of, you know, like when, when there's a relatively safe, when there's a regulation from the government that says it's safe for teams to play each other in empty stadiums, I would be in favor of them doing that because they are under contract. They're making a lot of money and, you know, I I think it'd be good for everyone to see sports, even if it weren't, um, even if there weren't crowds, I hate the fact that there are no crowds because I think that just changes the dynamic and I want to be a part of that crowd. I want to go to games, but, um, you know, if, if it's safe enough to have two teams playing an empty stadium, I I'd be in favor of them starting that up. So I think they were talking about that being in early May. Um, you know, so obviously between now, which is mid April and early May, I think the situation could be different based on the weather and how the virus reacts to all that, whatever other bullshit. Um, so it's hard to say, but I heard from the bus with the boys podcast that the NFL CBA actually guarantees their contracts for the year. So they're the, if the COVID-19 cancels the NFL season, they will still get paid for the year. So in yeah. terms of baseball, Which, I mean, they will be, um, that's probably the same case as well. I don't think it for any major sport that this isn't the case. I think so. One thing I do want to point out real quick, and uh, from MLB trade rumors, where they were uh, they're talking about how player salaries would work in this uh, in this uh, situation. So it says, in the event of a season cancellation, MLB players will receive just 170 million dollars in total from teams, which is less than one twentieth what their contracts would otherwise call for. And the other, the second paragraph says, should a partial season take place, players will earn on a pro-rated basis. Whether that's based upon days of the season or games played isn't entirely clear, that would make a difference if a compressed schedule is uh, attempted. But basically the point is the earnings are going to be significantly lower if the season is shortened, which we know it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, like 
it really doesn't matter for like the the big MLB guys. Like they're making enough money that you know getting a percentage of their salary for one year isn't really going to hurt them. It's going to be more so like the younger guys or or the guys that are kind of on the way out of the league that aren't making that much. Those are going to be the guys that are really really hurting minor leaguers and whatnot. Which they have received some stipends, but it's going to be tough for them come uh, come the end of the year. And to think Garrett Cole was going to enjoy all that Yankee money. He's he's still going to enjoy it. <laughs> he's got <laughs> he's got a lot of years. <laughs> that guy doesn't give a fuck right now. <laughs> yeah, he really doesn't. All right, but let's but let's kind of shift gears and talk about the Nationals exclusively. Uh, what do you all see? What do you all predict for the Nationals this year? Now we did lose some key pieces in Anthony Rendon, Tony especially. Tupacs. Yeah, unfortunately, but he's not in the division. He's out in he's out in Anaheim, doing his thing. Um, but you know, we are we did lose some players. We did re-sign uh, the World Series MVP Steven Strasburg. So we have arguably the best pitching in the league with Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin leading the helm. Um, with Anibal. Yep, Anibal as well. Anibal can step up when he's needed. And we picked got up, great... Picked up Will Harris off the asterisks as well, which was a pretty nice signing, one of my favorites from the offseason. Also brought back Howie and Cabby. Yep, and we got some very solid oh. relievers in, in Daniel Hudson and Sean Doolittle as well. Yeah, bringing um, them back. Will Harris had to apologize. Uh, to the Nats and just make a statement out. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I knew about the cheating, et cetera. So like, As a pitcher, you really can't do um, that yeah. with that higher profile. But it was, I thought, pretty humorous, but definitely something that needed to be done mm-hmm. uh, by Will Harris. I mean, he, had, he had to say something. Yeah, he, he had to say something. Like, it's just kind of awkward like, the entire year. Of, like, wild. Or... Yeah. 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 But what do you all predict for the Nats uh, for this season? Like, where do you see them? In the, at least, at least in the division. I I can't. I I think they're probably going to finish second, probably behind the Braves, just because they're just too good. Um. Yeah. So second's probably what I'm thinking. With another wild card berth is what I'm expecting from them again this year. Uh, Marlins are still kind of rebuilding. Mets and Phillies have new managers, but. And and they are they those two teams could be good, but they're still kind of young and retooling everything. And then, so I I think it probably goes Braves, Nats, Phillies, Mets, then Marlins. I, I agree. My I prediction. Think, I think uh, if you see a little bit more improvement from Juan Soto, uh, and you know, kind of like what we expect if he becomes. If he takes a step forward and becomes a little bit more of an MVP candidate type of player that we expect him to become, we expect Victor Robles to take another step forward in his batting. Um, I think, I I don't think we're going to miss Rendon in the batting lineup that much. If those Uh, two guys uh, start to improve. Well, I mean, we're going to miss him. We're we're definitely going to hurt it, especially if B-Boom doesn't, pan out which is really the big question mark this team has right now yes. like keeping he, he, he did yeah. not have a great spring training that's um, fair i would say the ceiling the ceiling is 
uh, Soto and Robles take another step forward, and that means for Soto that he's an MVP candidate, uh, in which case we're going to have about the same record that we had last year, about 90 to 95 wins, and that's about second in the division. And I think I think that's what we're poised for, um, you know, assuming those guys take a step forward and for the most part our pitching rotation stays healthy. I think that's what we're in line for and – you know, probably the same thing, probably a wild card spot, and we'll see what happens after that. Take it one day at a time. Go one and out. At least, at least yeah. now, one thing that is great is that DC has not one, but two legitimate sports franchises that are perennial contenders every year um, with the Caps and Nats. And DC sports is going to be fun to watch moving forward, at least in those two regards. Let's see if the Redskins can can, can follow. No, the Redskins cannot get into that. Who's the next team that's going to win a championship? The Redskins are Caps. I think it is the Wizards. Oh. Rahul, the one person. I think the Wizards. <laughs> I don't think the Redskins. <laughs> yeah, that, that was really an out there opinion. Wizards. The Redskins will not win a Super Bowl until Dan Snyder sells the team or the other thing. Super he, Bowl's he croaks. Bad owners. He <laughs> croaks. He's like that one of the youngest. Wow. He's really we're young. Gonna, we're not going to be alive when the Redskins win their next Super Bowl. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So if it's between the, the Redskins no, and the Wizards, yes. Well, if well, if history has anything to say about owners selling teams, y'all are gonna have to catch Snyder saying uh, racially insensitive things on camera. I got a camera. You got a camera. <laughs> <laughs> I got a no, GoPro. I mean, like the the Wizards, the Wizards have some of the pieces. They're moving in the right direction. Like Rui Hachimura was having a pretty solid season, and then uh, Bradley Beal was doing was. I mean. How he wasn't an all star this year, I think we can all agree. Doesn't make sense. Um, and then John Wall, hopefully, he can return to form when he eventually gets back from injury. They just really need a good big man. Like, they need an awesome center. Yeah. And they're, they're a team to watch. Um, yeah. Yeah. Been rough center play for the past few years. Yeah. I mean, they're, they, they are correctly, though, I think, at this point. I think they right. are. I agree. Just the the NBA is 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 tough because the free free agency is so wonky in the NBA. You can't really have homegrown talent as easily as pretty much any other sport. Yeah. Would, would he keep the coach? Yeah, Scott Brooks. I would get Scott rid of him, Brooks. and I would find. Uh, else. I think you got to get rid of him. There's just too many years we've had yeah. with him, and it's just mediocrity. Of mediocrity. He had Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden on his team, and he couldn't succeed. He he lost one finals and couldn't even get to the finals the other years when they had all of them. So. Nobody knew how good James Harden was at that point, where he wasn't even, like, starting five. So it's hard to say, like, it's hard to say what they really could have done if James Harden was in the starting looking back on it. That's true. All right, guys. Thank you all for tuning into the DC Sports Brain Trust. Uh, we've had a lot of good conversation here today. Um, this is something that we're going to do, right, until further notice. Yeah. 
we, we like talking sports, and well, I mean, we're all quarantined, so might as well make the most of it. Hopefully, so we're, we're gonna it. try it to we're gonna try to do this once a week. Um, for now, maybe we'll up it up up it later. Yeah, but you I mean, know, it'll just, definitely be more frequent if we're, we're bored. Like a pilot, like where we look back on it fondly, but also like cringing at the same time. Like, oh man. Yeah. No. If if anybody made it all the way to the end here, (laughs) other than ourselves, uh, really just trying to have some fun, trying to get people through the quarantine, just enjoy themselves, sort of thing. All right. For sure. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Hope to see you all next. Hope to hear you all next week, I should say.